Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. And I'm Chris Heine. And this week I'm crabby. It's true. <laughs> this, this whole week I'm pretty crabby. Actually, this week and last week I was crabby, but I did a pretty good job of getting uncrabby for just the one hour of our last podcast. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. I was crabby during that one, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Sometimes it's hard to, to not be crabby. Anyway, before I tell you about all the reasons why I'm crabby, um, and before we have a good conversation about oh, just having a bad attitude, I do want to say some good things. I'll start out there. How's that? Yep. So we have a bunch of cool stuff happening at the gallery in the next several weeks. Um, in fact, one of the things that I'm actually really looking forward to is on October 1st, you guys, we're going to teach a tarot workshop, and I have been waiting for I don't even know how long for that. And so um, from 7 to 10 p.m. on October 1st, if you have a tarot deck that you've been dying to bust out, and take a look into the future and figure out when is the day that you will not be crabby. You can come by <laughs> and you can read tarot with us and we'll teach you all about the things. And so in this one, we're going to take it a little bit slower than some of our past ones. So we're actually going to talk a lot about the Major Arcana. And so for those of you guys that don't know what that is, it is the um, 22 cards that are all about the huge elements of life. So self-awareness, it's about discovery of rules and about beauty and about the cycles of life and everything that has to do with just understanding who you are. And so it's pretty interesting. There's a big story that comes with it and everything. So we're going to start there and we're also going to talk about how to read tarot cards. So we'll show you a couple spreads and stuff like that. So that's a free um, event. And if you've got some nice friends that want to come with you, feel free to bring them. So um, we currently have a Facebook uh, thing up yep. there, don't we? Yeah, so you can find all the information on the Facebook page or stop by on the first. Um, like you are saying, it's a free event open to anyone who is either new or wants to learn or wants to practice reading. Any of those options are great. Um, we're also going to be doing a couple other events in the coming weeks. So just in case you can't make it to that one, we have all sorts of tarot-filled everything in the next couple of months. We do. And so I, and a, a long time ago, I was telling Jenny and I said, wouldn't it be fun if we did some crazy esoteric, like, like fun, arcane, strange things over October and November. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it would be fun. So we've started like a tiny little club for the next, um, maybe five, five sessions or so. We're going to be exploring things like crystals and talismans and the stories of uh, the ancients and all sorts of interesting things. So half history lesson, half like metaphysical lesson, um, half other, there's not another half, but whatever. There's a bunch of cool things that we're going to explore. Anyway, so now my attitude has risen <laughs> one point towards positive land. We also have a couple other things going on. So that might be in tandem with Cosmos. Yes. So mark your calendars for October 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. for the big giant party, our biggest exhibition of the year. Uh, so this show features 100 artists from all over the globe that have illustrated uh, constellations from the night sky. So there's a combination of different um, stories and myths and astro bodies and planets and sort of influence and guide our everyday decision making and things like that so the entire exhibition will be uh done with lighting which is really exciting so it'll be a really fun installation come say hi check it out the night sky and it's actually the day before halloween so if you feel like dressing up you totally should oh you should totally dress <laughs> up but i'll be dressed up i'm not sure what what of 
maybe maybe a less crabby version of myself or maybe I, I don't even know but I think it'll be really cool so um, again you can see previews of some of the stuff that's happening and again as Jenny said we're taking all the awesome artwork that people have submitted for the show um, we've also made a interactive component which if you've noticed online you're clicking around we have a cosmos tarot and oracle deck so the whole idea that back in the back in the ancient days people would look up to the sky and they'd want to figure out exactly what was happening or the prophecies or like the harbinger of different fates like how how would you possibly know what was coming unless you looked up at the sky and figured it out right chris looked up there what's up there spider how yeah i don't know (laughs) the spider web up there and so what we did was um as you know this this whole entire couple of months again like we said is all about kind of looking into the mystical side of things so you can pick up a copy of the cosmos tarot and oracle deck it comes with a 140 page book that has all of the myths like all the history it's got all the symbolism of each one of the astral bodies, planets, and constellations. And it's a really fun project. You can get some previews. And we also, on the blog, will be showing little snippets of the pieces all through the opening and beyond. Mm-hmm. So you can get yep. an idea of the artists and the work that's involved. Yeah, so you can find the project on the shop, which is shop.likeratlab.com, just in case you want a couple uh, early previews. Uh, we will also be teaching some classes after the opening. So just in case you pick up a deck, you can learn all about the houses and the zodiac and things like that. So it'll be super fun. Yeah. And don't you have a bunch of things going on, Chris? Well, there's more game nights coming. So the next one is um, October 8th. So we're already to October. Um, How'd that even happen? I don't know. (laughs) And it is also mystically themed. It is the mystical game night where we'll be playing games of the mystical variety. To be determined. A Ouija board? Oh, that's too scary for me. I don't know. Maybe Chris will do that. No, that's not really a game. Maybe I'll set it up to be a game. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, But that one will be happening October 8th, 7.30 to 10. Or 7.30 to 9.30. 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. (laughs) <laughs> you're like wow surprise that's so cool. that'll be really great and then um we also currently have so just a couple more days we have a call for art out right now uh so you can find it on the light gray blog so just in case you are looking for an opportunity to participate we have a really fun show coming this december what's it called um, it is called bower bird uh, and it's all about collections and being a curator and sort of showing off the different varieties of things that you have that are related. So we're really excited about this show. We're looking for artists who want to create limited edition series of postcards. Yep. So if you are a photographer, if you are a illustrator, if you are a painter, if you're a whatever, whatever you are, you are totally welcome to um, think about how your work translates to a postcard. And again, you can think of it in any format. So you could think, for example, how collections happen just naturally. Like, is it the process of how you do something else that creates a collection as the effect of it? Or is it something that you purposely go out and you pick and you put on this really great shelf? Um, So there's some information on kind of what we're considering collections. But again, anything from my massive pile of sci-fi books that I happen to get all at once to the strange collection of uh, water bottles that might be in your passenger seat of your car. <laughs> like, how'd that get there? But so if you think about the ways that you collect things um, consciously or unconsciously, it says a lot about 
uh, the way that you live. It says a lot about your interests and it is a little bit of a sneak peek into who you are and what you do. So mm-hmm. it's very cool. So that, that again, um, we're going to be announcing the final list of artists on October 3rd. So, or shortly thereafter. So if you need to quick sneak in there, um, sign up for that. It is on lightgrayartlab.com slash blog. So I think that's about it. That's about all the things that we've got going on. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we didn't mention it earlier, but you can also check out lightgrayartlab.com and go to um, upcoming events, I think. Oh, and yeah. We have an events calendar. Yay. We do. Which yep. we mentioned before, but that's where you can find the tarot shop and game nights and openings. So that's a cool place to check it out. Yeah, yeah, actually. And we're going to be um, updating that more frequently so you guys can keep a kind of like an idea of where and how things happen over here. Oh, so many things. <laughs> so anyway, I have no idea how it is almost October. I um, know, we're in a time warp. I'm still in a time warp. You <laughs> like, I don't know. So in the beginning, in the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that I've had a bad attitude. And I'll just tell you a little bit about that for a second. So bad attitudes for me happen in one of several ways. <laughs> Let me list them for you. One, not enough sleep. Two, annoying projects. Three, things just not going the way that you want them to go. Four, somebody pees on your bed. <laughs> Did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, so that happened. It was a cat. So um, there are many things that happen where you're like, oh, man, that could really throw you off or kind of give a kink in like, you know, just feeling comfortable. Like you don't have to feel blissful all day, but you would really like in most days not to dip into the crabby zone, which somehow I dipped back in there two weeks ago and never got myself (laughs) out of there. So I'm slowly digging myself out of a hole. (sighs) However... Seeing as there are four different ways that that a person could possibly or the universe could possibly tick me off, all of those things over the last like couple of weeks all happened at once. So it's very hard. So these days, I think I come into the office with a not the best attitude. Uh, sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> First of all. But... <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, it's really hard to be 100% positive all the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard to be a glowing ray of sunshine. Although I feel like in a lot of cases, I might be able to to be that, you know? I feel like I can shake it off a little bit when I'm in class or, you know, if I'm going out to coffee with a friend I haven't seen in a long time. But man, when you're in, like, the nitty-gritty of your whatever that you're working on, and you're thinking about all the stuff you got to do or something's not going right or... I don't know. You just can't figure out what to do with yourself. Like, I don't know. I It's pretty easy to get me <laughs> kind of like <laughs> not feeling 100%. Right. Well, I think that you think, and I think it's probably true that, that you are the forward-facing face of several different kind of ventures and the way that you act reflects upon that. I feel like that's true. I feel like I have, I, and maybe you guys feel like this also, I feel like it's often really hard to separate. Yeah. Like, for example, I don't like to go online and be like, you guys, I hate everything today. <laughs> like, put that on Twitter real quick, even though maybe I, maybe I do. And sometimes I think about putting on there. I'm never going to put that on there because you never, you never really want, I don't know. Some people do, but I don't ever well, really want people to it's know. It's like a temporary thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I also feel self-conscious about letting people know I'm having a bad time. Right. Yeah. But we, we just had a meeting with someone who 
had a frowny face on and you were kind of offended and you were kind of like <laughs> their job <laughs> is like whether you're not having a bad day or not if you are talking to someone as your job then you are you know kind of uh at the whim of putting on a good face and being I'll be, like, I'm I'll happy. be really specific about this too okay so I feel like like you were saying um if I have to go to a client meeting and I'm having a bad day I try my hardest to get rid of my bad attitude before I go in there because that's not their fault, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Nor do they need to be a part of my crabby situation. And it doesn't reflect nicely upon my business, nor does it re- reflect nicely upon me as a person. And maybe I'm not going to be crabby the next time I see them. So I just try and like shake it off. And even though I know the second that meeting's done and my face melts again and then I turn into a pile of horrible, like <laughs> I know for like one fleeting minute that I didn't have to burden that other person with my horribleness. So the weird part about it is, like you said, I got really ticked off when I could actually see the horribleness in this other meeting. But when I think about it, that's probably not fair, you know? Like if this guy was crabby or if he just wasn't the most pleasant or something like that, for whatever reason, I was looking at him thinking like, you're supposed to be happy so I can be happy so we can both be happy, you know? I don't know. I think it it reflects upon your thoughts on the like proposition that's happening. If you were pitching yourself to a client to, to work for them and you were kind of in a poopy mood and you didn't kind of brighten yourself up, at least for the duration of the meeting, it's kind of a way of saying... I'm not that into whatever's happening right now. And if people are looking for passionate people to be a part of their project, then they might have a rightfully pass, you know, rightfully or unrightfully just say, well, this is not worth it. This person obviously clearly doesn't want to be involved in this or clearly doesn't want to be any facet of this project or something like that. So I don't think that, I don't think it is asking too much to assume that someone you're working with on a professional basis remain positive. So yeah, well, also, I don't know, anytime you're meeting with somebody and they're having a bad attitude or something, like, the person meeting with them is also consumed by, like, their attitude and what's going on. So and then you thinking, both just spiral into a poop corner. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I also think that it is distracting, you know, more than anything, like, you're supposed to be making the person you're interviewing or talking to comfortable. Yeah. And so I keep flashing back to, I've been talking with lots of people over the last couple of weeks about like programming and residencies and stuff like that and it makes it so much more comfortable when a person is excited and you can read their face and you can feel like they're a real person trying to talk to you and not like distracted by whatever personal stuff's going on so you know what so I'm going to tell you something that conflicts with everything I just said about the professional (laughs) thing so I when I'm going into a work meeting I don't want to be talking to a crabby person but I will tell you, it's actually kind of refreshing to see a real transparent human being across from you in a friend situation. Yeah. So that's where my weird line, maybe there is weirdly fuzzed. In a friend situation? If, If I went over to your house, Jenny, and you were not feeling very good and you just vented I would actually kind of feel honored. That well, see, that's the office is the safe place. <laughs> we, we come in yeah, here. Yeah, like, that's totally ah. different. I mean, we were having a conversation say, about being professional and being involved yeah. in a project. I would feel like even if I was an acquaintance with somebody and they were like, yeah. look, I just got to tell somebody 
here's, I'm just feeling like poop. And then they just launched into a big thing. I'd be like, wow, we are now a little closer. Yeah. But then if I did that in a business setting, I'd be like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's the difference. Like, I don't know. It is, it is nice to have somebody who will just like open up and say whatever and do whatever. And you don't feel like they are, I don't know. You don't feel like they have a front on. Well, but I feel like when you you're get a glimpse with, of who they are and why they, I don't know. I, I think yeah. there's like two things. Yes, you see who they are, but I also feel like there's like a trust mm-hmm. that somebody would go as far as to explain something yeah. to you that, yeah. that you don't even need to know, but they've, they're like, you know what? You, I'm going to, I dub you as the person <laughs> I confide in today. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that actually is a big deal. Even if the topic is horrible, you know? Yeah. And in those cases, I'm, I'm like, all right, then, you know, so yeah. I think there's a difference between confiding in someone and just being all yeah. outright cranky. And, right. Well, but if you attitude. like, if you had, a client I mean, I think meeting. I can think of a million times where you are like, oh, guess what just happened to me? I got up and or I was parking and then a bird pooped on my windshield and then I crashed. you know, I don't know what happened, but <laughs> or like well, you tell the story about an awful thing that happened, but you're telling about it in like, <laughs> oh, life instead oh, of life. just being like actually insufferable yeah i don't know <laughs> but and I that's what's hard about the that. business side of things i always think of it as like i don't know everyone's time is really precious and so if you were meeting with a client and they showed up with a box of tissues and were like let me tell you <laughs> about my like, problems oh. you'd probably be like now this is really awkward and also i don't have time for this okay i see <laughs> what we're saying here okay so maybe it is more that i went into a meetup with a certain expectation of what we were going to get done during that day. And when you're going into fun, like not fun, but when you're going into friend time, which should be fun also sometimes, but when you're going into friend time, you're like, whatever happens is friend time. Yep. So as long as I'm here and you're here and we're talking about something, then we're having the thing that we thought we were going to have right now. Instead of <laughs> if you go and do a meeting and somebody's like, here's your tissues in case you and I start to have a hard time you know yeah. I don't know and maybe that is just you're like I wasn't ready for this I was not ready for this kind of thing in this work meeting at this moment but I don't know but I it's hard to shake that sometimes even though I totally believe that if I can put on a happy face when I go somewhere else like there are a bunch of studies that they've done that says if you smile and if you laugh you can actually raise your own mood yeah slightly. I was thinking yeah. that that I think sometimes you might be in a really bad mood and this applies to going to a work meeting or a anything or just out with friends or whatever where you're in a bad mood and then when you go you put on a happy face because obviously you don't want to be a horrible person or whatever and then by the time you leave you're like you know everything's not so bad everything you know just putting yourself in the mood to smile or in the mood to accept things and not lay in your bed face down that's what i would like to do most days <laughs> it, it puts you in a better mood anyway so oh. sometimes just kind of like forcing through the painful you mean part. to get a distraction from the thing that you're bummed yeah about? you're distracted or or just the fact that you know naturally smiling and things like that make people feel better supposedly, supposedly although i wouldn't know you wouldn't know are you constantly <laughs> neutral well i smiled in that meeting and then Lindsay is like chris is smiling about something i was like I chris was like, stop smiling we're all mad here <laughs> No, no room for smiles. Yeah, I have no idea why. I was, you were chuckling, and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> you must have thought something was very entertaining. I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was mainly Lindsay's poop face. 
<laughs> you can also he takes pleasure in your poop face yeah i know well chris is looking at me and i'm constantly like my like i was joking about it you guys have heard this before that when i'm an old lady i'm gonna not have like crow's feet i'm just gonna have a turkey turkey gobbler hanging down across my nose <laughs> from my two eyebrows pushing so hard together that it just stretches out a big like big wobbler anyway <laughs> so if chris is laughing at that that's fine <laughs> so but yeah it's hard you can you can probably read every single emotion on my face regardless of whatever's happening if it's you know they say that you have that little muscle underneath your eyeball that tells you if somebody's being sincere and only really good a true sociopath a true sociopath only a true sociopath or somebody's really good at acting oh really can control their tiny muscle under their eyeball where you see a sincere is that the one that starts twitching when we're stressed out (laughs) that one's up here for me last night i woke up because somebody pooped on the floor I mean, by somebody, I mean a dog. You guys, we have like a million pets, so this stuff happens. Anybody with pets knows that sometimes it's inevitable. You have an accident, right? So you have an ancient dog, and he he woke up, and he was like, time for pooping, and you're like, oh, God. So anyway, Chris took him out, and my eyeballs instantly started twitching in an area I didn't even know could twitch. And I was thinking to myself, how is this possible? (laughs) Poop receptor. It was probably all the particles going right into my eye. It's probably why my eye's all weird today. It's probably pink eye. (laughs) No. Just kidding. No pink eye. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so, but I was like, oh, another thing. Another thing to add to the things of whatever, you know. So, no. I don't think it's the twitchy one that's the one that you can tell if somebody's sincere. I think that's the nerve that, that starts flailing around when you get too much craziness going on. However... If you do look at somebody and you notice that they're kind of smiling with their mouth, but not with their eyeballs, you can tell whether or not somebody can control that. Chris is trying it right now. How's it going? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You I can't like see the bottom pain. half of your face because there's a microphone there. That's a kind of a smile. I think you're actually more entertained by it. So I think that <laughs> that little muscle is moving around just in case. Anyway, we should all try it in front of the mirror and just see how how truly... Um, in charge of that we are because maybe that's what you do when you're in a meeting and you're crabby you just try and exercise that muscle so your eyes constantly smile and then your face can just melt off i feel like i do need a smiling <laughs> coach i've thought that i need one i feel like a lot of people practice that because when you take photos you know like you don't show all your teeth like a like a monkey or something that's the aggressive mode did you ever look at what? all those like a square you know like the more teeth you show doesn't necessarily mean the happier you are (laughs) i think yeah i'm pretty bad at finding a balance i've started to do the version my dad does where you just look you don't smile at all and you just give a real serious serious face now why would you do that why wouldn't you train because it looks more natural than smiling some maybe because then i'm just like "Eh." I think that's the. I think that's the thing that people need to practice. I'll practice. I think some people just have a good smile, and then other people have. You Thanks probably a have a fine smile. You just can't fake it. My yeah. sisters are really bad at their at fake faking smile. it. Yeah, one of their lips goes higher than the other one. So they just snarl like an Elvis <laughs> snarl. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Well, I feel like that's the kind of thing they you have to sneer. remember what your face feels like, so that when you're really crabby, you throw on your practiced fake smile. <laughs> And then you just snarl at everybody across the table. And then your chicken wobbler flies down. And then you're a real mess. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
anyway <laughs> so but i think there is something to that i think there's something to trying to get out get get yourself uh slightly out of the thing you were stewing on sometimes so when I you go to a meeting how do you get yourself out of it uh coffee, coffee helps um uh, coffee really helps i feel like i'm just instantly crabby when i wake up and if coffee helps um then i can i feel like you know what coffee does for me that might be helpful for other people i don't know you'll have to let me know is that i can't concentrate on everything <laughs> I just concentrate on the one thing that I'm... On the coffee. <laughs> on the coffee and the and the hyper um, situation that I'm having yeah. with the, you know, you're like, I I'm going to get stuff done. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I think coffee also, or anything like that, tea or whatever, it's one of those things where you feel like you're treating yourself. And yeah. so you're like, ah, oh, this is much more enjoyable now that there's coffee on top of it. Yeah, because you're like, look, I got my thing. I got this nice pen that I like. <laughs> I've got, I'm smiling with that twitch that I have. And I feel like all those things kind of add to having a better time while I'm doing whatever. The and you know, Is that why so many offices constantly bring in donuts and cookies and cakes? And yeah, because they're like, feel better now. And then you're like, mm, okay. You're well, it does make people, I mean, if you're, everyone's like, oh, we got this meeting. It's, and then someone's like, I have donuts for the meeting. And then everyone's like, oh. Actually, yes, it does I'm at help. that meeting. I like Until it. they eat it. And then everyone's like, why did I eat this donut? Now I regret my decisions. <laughs> now I regret everything. Like, I have a stomachache. But I feel like it's a morale booster. I feel like it getting a gift for no reason is a morale booster. Getting so a, you make it a requirement in the email. You're like, don't forget to bring my uh, gift Don't to this, this meeting. Today. You have to bring me <laughs> so I get out of my bad What if it's a bad gift, though? And then you have to do your fake smile and be like, Yeah, if I, if I notice that your, your little muscle isn't twitching around, then I'm going to be like, get out. And so, it, uh, unless you brought a donut, and in that case, you can stay a little bit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is making me feel better about my <laughs> my situation. It is really hard, though. I mean, I feel like a lot of times I have a better time in general getting out of my bad mood if I'm able to vent. And I don't know about you guys. And I always, sometimes, it's got to be in good company. It's got to be with people that will forgive me for saying horrible things for a second. Because oftentimes, I don't really mean them. Or I just need to say whatever and just vent my frustrations and then I can just move on, you know. So I said, I'm sorry to James. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> For being a turd earlier, <laughs> venting about everything that was going wrong. And I was like, ah, you know, and I, I texted Jenny. I said, sorry, Jenny, I don't know what's going on, you know. But sometimes you just have to say stuff out loud and then you can stop thinking about it by yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking about any of that stuff by myself because a lot of it is stuff I can't deal with on my own. But sometimes when you say it, at least somebody's like, oh, yeah, that does. That's hard. And you're like, yeah, that is hard. All right. Good. We're in consensus. This is very difficult. You know, <laughs> yeah. and for whatever reason, that makes me feel better because I'm not just like freaking out by myself, you know. Yeah. Well, I also think of it in the same way that I or the same reason that I like writing. Like anytime you do it, you put it out and then you're like oh now I see the connection between these two things mm-hmm. or I realize that this is not really important when I look at the whole thing together and so I mean that's the same reason I like tarot reading too because you're getting out and it's not just like wrecking around in your mind you know yeah I don't like that at all I like I like to be productive and I like to see some progress even in whatever direction yeah just- well I'm sure all the things that you're working on now once they are complete you will feel really good so let me ask you 
Which which scenario would be one to send you into spiral of of anger? Okay. <laughs> Are these ridiculous? Like uh, if your pants caught fire? <laughs> yeah, if you're on fire. There's one. Okay, if you um having unforeseen complications with something you thought was almost over, okay? All right, think about that for a second. So you you still know you're going to get it done, but it's just taking too long. All right? Okay. Um, do we say yes or no? Uh, I'll give you, uh, you'll have to just tell me which one of these several is the worst. Okay. okay. The worst. Okay. Um, getting your hopes up that you're going to, that some awesome thing is going to happen and then, and then having something happen where it just is not even an option anymore. Okay. Um, a third one is finding out you have to spend (laughs) $3,000. more <laughs> on a project that you you were like this would be sure great to spend on a computer uh if or whatever you were gonna spend it on hypothetically so <laughs> finding out you have to spend more money on something or getting pooped on <laughs> i feel like pooped on is the lowest that is the lowest because you're like i just take a shower yeah that's i change my clothes uh, I feel like out of out of all of those, paying more money and having what did you say delays or delays, unforeseen problems, having a high hopes and then having it dashed, having your hopes dashed, or having to pay more money on something. I feel like you paying more money thing. and having a problem. <laughs> the high hopes, I would try and figure out something else. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't you wouldn't be like that was the only thing I was thinking of. Now I can't have it anymore. So in both mm, other scenarios, maybe. you still get the thing. But I one, you like have the, to wait a long time. And the yeah. other one, you have to pay a lot of money to get. And then the other one, you just get pooped on. So, I mean, there's like, <laughs> that's fine. What would you do? What, um, what's your order of least to worst? I guess the worst is the one where you have to keep doing something. Forever? <laughs> the first. The like a project that just yeah, goes on so that long that you're like, Because the money thing, this? you just it's like a one-time thing. And you're just like, crap, I got to pay more. So I guess I got to do that, but it's somewhat painless compared to something that drags. I mean, we've had projects that drag on months and months past when they're supposed to be over and those are painful. Yeah. But the the angriest one, I mean, maybe you wouldn't even Yeah, be probably that one because you'd be sitting there. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how long, but you're sitting there working on something that's already been done six times before or something like that. And you're probably so that would pretty ticked elicit off. the most rage from you. Is the ongoing I guess I don't know how much rage any of these would super. Okay, Chris doesn't get raged up. So (laughs) Jenny doesn't get raged up. Well, I think he's right. Like the the time difference between these two things, like or between these four things. The first one is ongoing, and so you'd have an outburst when you're like really feeling the pain of a project, and you're like, "This is the worst." So I do think that that one probably have the most outburst like thing. You'd be like, "I just want." You'd be like, "Ah!" But then it would be like an instant horror. You'd be like, "Oh." And then you're like, okay, well, this is over because I'm not wearing these clothes. Yeah, and you also like, you also see an end. You're not like I'm pooped on forever, right? (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) yeah, I hope that. So that one, that one is the least offensive because you know how much work it'll take to get off of you. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) you're like, I know exactly what I do to stop this. (laughs) 
Yes. So you know exactly what to expect. You know what yeah, it is. It's, it's not confusing. Easy to know. The first one's the most painful. The second one, the high hopes. I feel like if it's still in the like big dreams phase, it's okay. Really? You can figure out something else. Okay. Yeah. That's nice to. And then the other one, I forgot what it was already. The other one was you have to pay three thousand dollars. Oh for something yeah, that, that one's painful and angering. But and if I feel you still like, get a good thing after you pay for it, it's just a lot more expensive than you thought. Yeah. I, I keep thinking of my taxes, so you're like, <laughs> I pay like. my government for this road. They better do a yeah, great job. Yeah, it's painful, but at the same time, like Chris was saying, it's done and over. I feel like the extended project one is probably just as expensive. You just don't see the So it's the duration cost. of how long you have to think about how angry you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I actually, I actually think that's true because the rest of them you can shrug off for mm-hmm. the most part after you finish dealing with it. Yeah. Hmm. So do you think any of that stuff would carry into your day-to-day? Like we were saying, if you had to go to have a meeting or something like that and you're just thinking about it, I bet you if you still had a project that was ongoing and you're like, I should be doing this right now to get it over with. I have a really hard time letting things go. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're like, why am I sitting at this meeting right now when I should be turning in these files or something like that? I feel like that would probably make my face turn into one of those fake smiles at a meeting. So, and the reason why I asked you that was that I'm sure there are certain things you can just not turn off, mm-hmm. right? And you just can't let go. And I try my hardest. Like when I go teach class, that's actually one of the easiest places for me to turn a bunch of stuff off. I'm, I don't have my computer. I can't do anything about it while I'm there. I also get to be engaged with all sorts of awesome conversations and it's an environment where I can focus on somebody else's, like helping somebody else with whatever they're working on, what, it, whether they're having a great time or a bad time with something, then I'm like, this is nice. Because I feel like I'm doing something. I feel like I'm adding and contributing and I'm working on something. But I also can kind of just be like, I cannot worry about this thing right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of those, like, one of the few places I think I can be distracted enough to let some of the that other stuff go do you think you guys have any places or any any thoughts about how you you can just can you just walk into game night chris and be like whatever's going on i'm just not gonna think about it yeah i think i can i think it it always takes a minute just the transition we always have weird things going on and weird schedule things and weird deadline things and and it's not always the most convenient but once things get going then i pretty much can totally ignore it I have a really hard time. I'm like constantly. You think about it while you're doing your th- other things? Yeah. Like yeah. you're sitting writing an email and you're thinking about the $3,000 and you're just like. <laughs> like <laughs> well, I think they all blend together. Like I'll be thinking about other things that have to happen while I'm doing something. And then while I'm doing something completely unrelated, I'm thinking about this. Like, how, do you, how do you stop yourself from doing that? Do you try to stop mm, yourself from doing that? Do you just do you let it wash over you? Consume <laughs> all consuming. I think yeah. I think I'll go through like periods of time where I just can't let things go. You know, I don't know. It's actually funny because we've been talking a lot about the zodiac and everything else related to the cosmos recently. Yeah. And I used to think, and I still do think. So I'm supposed to be a Leo, or I am a Leo, but I don't often identify with the um, qualities of a Leo, but. I did see something the other day that was talking about how everything's aligning right now. And they were saying if a Leo is angered to like run away and never look back. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I was thinking about me. Yes, Yes, I I would like that very much. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's hard to just shake things sometimes, you know. I have a really hard time shaking stress. Yeah. And I don't know if I have always been that way or if it's just recently because there's too many things to keep track of. Um, But it's really hard to just, like, let it go and do whatever else. It is really hard. It's hard to, like, it's hard to pretend that you don't have to deal with it when you come back to it, too, you know. Mm -hmm. So I do like resolving things as quickly as possible. That's, like, my favorite thing. So... I, mm-hmm. I agree. It's a, it's like if I have the choice or the chance, then I just try and, which is why I stay up all night sometimes trying to fix those files so that I don't have to keep doing them over and over again. <laughs> but then you stay up all night long. For it's true. Like a month. That's the hard thing. You know, you're like, if I just do it right now, then I'll be done. And then you're like, but I'm also doing it in the middle of the night, also in the morning, also in the evening, also forever. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just like, if I finish it though, I'll, I'll be not mad anymore and I'll be done with this. So it's funny because, yeah, some people, and we talked about it on the 9 to 5 podcast where we said some people can leave their work at work and go home and not worry about any drama at work, re- you know, reacting in your, you know, your home life or something like that. Some people are great at that. And then other people bring it home too. You know, I would bring it home. That's mm-hmm. what I would do. I'd be like, ah, I got to go work on these files now and just get it done so I can clear my head, you know? Yep. And so I, I don't know. You, you don't ever... F- you never, you only get angry when like, when the Xbox doesn't work. Like, I don't ever see you get angry about anything else. I, I really don't, now that I think about it. You know, I, was I don't just know. Well, about I, that. I, I, like, I have the, no matter how many things you get done, there's always going to be more things. So you just are like, shrug, and then you're like, Yeah, a little whatever. bit. I'm just like, well, Perpetual. whatever. <laughs> Perpetual files. Like, yeah, Forever. I'm not, I'm never going to get 100% caught up where I'm just like, oh, look at that. I got nothing to do. That's where so I want to go like all day. Yeah, I feel but like, you're never going to get there. So see, I feel like give that's, up now. <laughs> no, what? And I feel like that's maybe just lie down, <laughs> lie down on your face, on my face outside on the concrete. Yeah, and then just drag me to the coffee house so I can revive for one second. I'll just pour coffee on you. <laughs> Absorb it through your hair. Through my big hair. <laughs> I'll be like, somewhere it'll be absorbed. I don't know. And it does make me feel better in whatever sense of it. Even just sitting here talking to you guys about how crabby I am. It's, it makes me feel better. Now you know all the things that, that are going on. Files and extra money spending and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like anytime all that stuff. I think it's just, it's, it is therapeutic for me to announce it to the world and then just move on you know and just Mm -hmm. figure it out and that's fine and you know sometimes be depressed about it while I'm sitting there trying to fix it but that's it is what it is but um regardless of all that stuff I guess at the end of this podcast I wanted to see when you actually figure it out do you feel any better or or different or more resolved or more proud when you actually can work through some of this stuff or are you just like, thank God it's over? I think it fades away and you kind of forget about it. Do you ever feel like like you've like conquered something or are you like pay off some horrible bill and you're like, awesome, that is over. That, I, I am done with that. And then you like, <laughs> I don't know if I ever felt that way. Really? But like say you paid off all your loans. Then I would feel good. No, what but I'm that saying is that's like 20 years away. Okay, <laughs> now, but I do. But you would I rejoice, agree. even though you're like, I just paid a lot of money for yes, this. You'd yes. be like, this is done. Like yes. the end of it yes. marks a success. It does. Okay, I do think though, anytime it is 
more on a small, manageable scale. Something that I do accomplish. Like big enough that sucks enough, but not yes. small enough that's like four bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, something that's not money related, like a project. And say it's really hard for and obnoxious like a and you week, hate it and, and it's and, horrible okay. and it's going all the wrong ways and everything else. If I make it through it, I feel really proud. You do? Yeah. Okay, so you're not just like, that was waste time and then you kick no, over no, no, the no, desk. No, I'm thinking of like, I don't know, some of our fun like hikes we did this summer or some of the installs like if I'm having a really hard time or glass is broken or whatever else anything like that that I am like trying to get through and I feel like the entire week is a struggle but then at the end it feels really good so like it, you did it then does it feel like a wash then then you feel like like you've conquered it instead of just feeling like you had a whole bunch of dumb crap happen to you because I know there's also yeah. two schools of thought there is that people that hold on to, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're probably either on one side or the other, but some people that are like, this is something that I'm going to forever remember how horrible this was. And you bring it up over again and again and again forever. But then every time you think about it, you're like, let me relive this horrible thing. And other people that are like, I did it. I never have to think about that ever again. Move it on. And then they just do something else instead. There's like kind of two ways that people sort of think about carrying the experience with them. Some people are like, I did it and I lived through that and I am a success. And then other people are like, my life is the worst. And this is how, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard because I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to remember whether or not, I think the majority of the time, I think I feel. I think most of the time. We look back and and we're like, we did like, it. Yeah, we're and done. It, it, and it becomes like a charming thing. Where yeah, you're like, you're like that was hard. Remember when that happened? That was terrible, but we did it, and you know, we did it, <laughs> and it made us a stronger person. Or and it and it becomes kind of like, I don't know if a badge of honor is the right thing, but it kind of becomes like a funny story. I don't know. It's like climbing a mountain. Yeah, it that is was really like climbing hard. A mountain. You you're know, like every moment of it was excruciating and sucked, but I did it and. You know, would I yeah, do it again? Like, maybe, I've, maybe in enough years when I forget how much it sucked. <laughs> see, even if you don't forget how much it sucks, I think like, like Jenny, I was saying that there are sort of like two, two schools of thought. Some people that are, that once they go through a crazy experience that was really annoying or horrible or something like that. And I, let me clarify, I'm talking about like work experiences or like having to pay bills. I'm not talking about like super tragedy because that's mm -hmm. a diff different yeah. category. So, um, but I'm talking about just extremely annoying stuff, you know, annoying more than tragic stuff. Yeah. And so some people are like, oh, like, good thing that's over. Uh, time to move on. And then they're like, I feel good about not having to do that anymore. But then they don't <laughs> carry it with them forever. Yeah. But then there are other people that, that it really makes a big difference in the way that they perceive what they can do in the future. Because that baggage of like whatever that thing was follows them like a like a haunted haunting you know <laughs> do you know what i mean like some people might just yeah. end up being like uh you know carrying carrying that with them for a very long time and every time they try and do something new they say oh well i had to do those files for a million years so the next time i do it that would be like a million years worth of these next files you know yeah i mean i do have a really hard time if i if a project is almost the same as do you have flashbacks then? I do. I think I'm more cautious about like jumping into it again because I have a better idea of how long it's going to take. Yeah. I mean, I do think I over-prepare the next time around because I know what it's going to take. I would also try to like eliminate or change it for all the horrible things that include the first time. Yeah. 
yeah that's kind of how i would go about it too and but i just think it's interesting i mean i know everybody does it differently and i know it completely what you whatever you've been through shapes what you think about the future and Mm -hmm. whether or not you're going to do it again we were talking about this today um in some ways when we said you know when you got those bad feelings about something you're getting weird feelings about a project and you're like i don't know if we should do this when you start getting weird vibes about a project do you chalk it up to the fact that you're inexperienced? Do you chalk it up to the fact that you really think there's something wrong? Like the universe is trying to tell you just not to go there? I think we generally follow the rule of if it's giving us weird vibes and it doesn't even really matter the, I don't know what the word is, legitimacy or the... If you feel weird, just don't do it. Yeah, if you if you really feel weird, then just walk away i don't know if i have as strong of gut reactions a lot of the time as you guys do if you like say if you did have one would you listen to it i think so i mean sometimes i overanalyze it like i'll think of that thing that chris said about choosing the other door and i'll be like (laughs) like i would choose this one but chris said to choose the other door yeah so (laughs) if if it's a serious situation i think i would really think on it for a long time do you think instead of just being like my gut says no so you would you would you would listen to your gut and you'd say, "I'm feeling something," and then you would analyze it again and say, "What am I feeling? Yeah, yeah. what is this? Yeah, am I nervous because of yeah. this, this, or this? Right. That's hard because sometimes it's really hard to understand why you're feeling a certain way about something. And I I do. It's not always that easy to clinically do your like pros and cons about stuff because a mm-hmm. lot of new experiences are incredibly difficult to gauge how it's going to go and not everything is a success you know right what I mean? and i'm not, i guess when i'm not i'm saying that i'm not saying if i feel like something's hard then i don't do it but it's it's like this that's why i'm not sure how to even describe it it's almost like a weird vibe that yeah. you're getting where you're weird just vibe. like something is weird about this something just feels wrong and it's like a gut feeling or a sixth sense and it's not just like this is hard because we do like everything we do always is like hard, I feel like. Yeah, but it seems like but it's a not, lot of the hard stuff has But you, you feel an order good about you it and you're like it. this is hard, but here's the all the great things about it, but there's sometimes where you, um and like so it it's usually something it might be like choosing to move to a new place, but something isn't quite lining up or something, you know, it feels weird or it might be Do you think um, it's just the amount of gamble? The amount of risk that you are taking that would would kick some weird vibes over to you. Do you think it's that some of the things that um, you've ever felt that way have been just a little or a lot crazier than a risk you would normally take on something small, smaller? I'm not sure if that even has to do with it. Really? Maybe. I would think that if it were a bigger thing, you'd want to feel 100%. You know? Really? Yeah. I always wonder that. There are people that do some crazy stuff sometimes that is just incredible and they go all in like the people who quit their jobs and travel around the world and they figure it out somehow. I can't imagine people would know exactly where they're going to be at every moment and I don't know how you'd handle your health stuff and I don't know how you'd make sure you didn't run into some weirdos somewhere and all sorts of stuff that I have no idea how people do that. But there are also those stories that... Or like... um Will Steger, who drops all of his stuff and goes to Antarctica with a bunch of sled dogs and brings like a half a toothbrush, <laughs> you know, and all that kind of stuff. You wonder, there are incredible lives that are completely based off of somebody who has either ignored 
that gut feeling or mm-hmm. maybe were just so confident that they just did whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I think, so I have a friend that a couple years ago for a summer went to Chicago, which is not that far away. It's close. Yeah. But they went to Chicago for the summer because they felt they had like a gut feeling that they were supposed to be in Chicago all summer. Like they, there was something there they were going to find or find out about themselves um, or learn or wanted to do something. They felt like something important was supposed to happen. And then nothing happened the entire summer. And I think like a lot of those experiences require you to be super involved. And like, I don't know, sometimes when you're looking for something, it doesn't always happen. But like being active, like you're responsible for your own good time or your own experiences and stuff like that. And so even if you have a gut reaction that you should do something, it doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means, you know? I think that's interesting. I guess it depends on what you... When I have when I have these like times when I'm going to take a risk, it's usually because I think that I'm either going to learn something while in the process of like pursuing that risky thing um, or that I can kind of play out a scenario in my head where I'm like, well, if if this thing went the way that we thought it would go, these are the possible things I could do after, you know, like there's sort of like a series of pieces. It's interesting mm-hmm. because when I get gut feelings, I get a more like, you know, this may cost a lot of money or this may be a lot of hours or something like that, but it's not stuff that I'm afraid of. Like if I, if I know I could come up with the budget or if I know that I could dedicate the time, like those are things I'm, wor- I'm ready to gamble on. It's hard for me to think about things like randomly moving to Chicago, you know, because then you're kind of like, for me, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. That's such a huge With like nothing thing. lined up. Well, yeah, it's different yeah. than thinking like, I'm going to spend money on this like trip to trip and then I'm going to come back and do something <laughs> with what I've done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if I went to Chicago and I said, while I'm there, I'm going to try and learn as much as I can, but then I'm going to yeah. come back because I know where I'm going to be afterwards. You yeah. Know? Well, I think it's a difference in like your intentions going into it, like having clear something, like instead of being like, my gut tells me this, but who knows what that means or yeah, what, what does I'm looking mean? to, yeah. I mean, when I usually get the gut feelings, like I either feel, would it be safe to say confident or not confident? Is that the kind of vibes that you get? Do you get, when you get the weird vibe from something, is it because you are, it's actually, it could be actually that you're just not confident in what your part of something is? Or is it that you're feeling like, yeah, actually, that's the only thing I'm going to say. Is it that you just don't feel confident about what you know or what you think you should contribute to this experience or what, you know, you don't have enough foresight to kind of see how it plays out? It's like if somebody was like, can you can you invest all your money in this new invention I have? <laughs> I would be like, no. <laughs> I'd be like, my gut says this is a bad idea. And what if this person had done a million other like bazillion dollar inventions? You know what I mean? Like, there's some things where you're like, the potential of this could be really exciting. Do you want my $5 or not? (laughs) (laughs) All I have right now is this $5. I'll give you $5 and a half of a quinoa salad. (laughs) Plain quinoa salad. Plain quinoa salad. Uh, Do you know what I mean? I guess it might be confidence. 
Because when you do take a risk, is that the kind of gut feeling you get the opposite way where you're like, I could do this or like, this will be fine. Or even if this is I think normally I think it will be fine. Even if things go poorly, it will be fine. It's not the end of the world. But because how poorly? Well, there's certain situations where we do just get like this creeped out feeling. And I almost would uh, relate it to like if you flew to Mount Everest and you were ready to climb. And you had already invested the time and the money and the training and all these things. But you got a weird vibe, and, and you, you said, just got a weird I'm vibe. Die up there. Yeah, and it's you've heard air, people about airplanes where they're just like, "I'm not going to get on this airplane. I've flown a hundred thousand times in my life, and this is one time where I feel like I just shouldn't get on the airplane." And you know, but whether, it's one of those feelings. It's one of those like extra sensory, yeah, moments. And you, it's it goes against all rational thought, kind of almost. It's not even. It's not even just like this is really risky. I think it's too risky. It's just like a feeling. It's a weird vibe. It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. It is weird. I'm not really sure where that comes from. In the beginning of this conversation, I think I would have liked to think that it was just because you didn't know enough about something and that that would be easily fixable where you'd be like, well, I'll just do a little bit more homework and see what it is that I just don't know about, you know. But I do think that there might be some kind of thing that's like either this relationship in this deal I'm making is not good or maybe maybe it just sounds really complex and that's not what I'm into you know or maybe there's a bunch of stuff that I just found out about that I don't want any part of you know or something like that you can see it going down a pipe but you can't really articulate it yet some sort of reason for that vibe but I keep you know I keep thinking like why is that because it's true but like in the beginning of our conversation, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe it's because you had a bad time the first time. And then I'm like, maybe not. Because some of those feelings don't really come from just dragging your baggage around with you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we all have that. We think about every time we do something, well, that, would, didn't, that didn't work, so I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> you know? Um, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Would you, if you felt like your plane was going to crash, would you get on there? No. <laughs> Would you, if you paid 700 bucks for a plane ticket and And you're standing in the gate and all of a sudden you were like, you didn't even get on the plane. I feel like it's going to crash. You're like, I have a feeling. It's bright and sunny out and you're just like, I don't think this plane is going to make it. It's going to crash. Would you get on? I don't know. Would you allow yourself to? That's a tricky one because I always feel like a plane's going to (laughs) crash. But if I had a feeling like that, I would try not to do it. I do get feelings every once in a while and I do think they're hard to articulate because they aren't. Yeah, they're not based in, like, rational anything. I don't know if it's, like, subconscious. Something that's happening. Like or a like, trigger somewhere that is, like, I should yeah, be thinking like about Yeah, like the tone of somebody's voice or, like, just something doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. But I f- find that, I don't know, most of the time my, like, super reactions like that are not necessarily right. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I think all mine are fairly accurate or not. I, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think a lot of times if I'm feeling really strong about something, I'm just like, no way. You're like, that plane is going to crash. And you're like, I'm not getting on. You turn around and throw a bomb over your back. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, don't need this. Don't need this bomb I had. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I feel like and I'm just trying to remember, you know, like I'm just trying to remember if, I don't know. I, I think a lot of mine are because I am unsure of myself. You know, a lot of the ones where I'm feeling weird about stuff is I'm unsure or I feel like I'm going to be locked in something I can't escape from. That's, I think, one of my biggest fears for for something is you you 
I'm a big fan of commitment, like a massive fan of committing to stuff. Like if you said you were going to do it, you should probably do it. You know, even if it takes you 45 years to finish something. <laughs> so I got plenty of those I got to do. But, <laughs> but if you, you know what I mean? Like try your best to do the things that you said you were going to do. So maybe that's why it's really scary is because if, if it's something that is a big deal and you're headed towards it and you're starting to feel weird and you're trying to like figure out why that is for me, it might just be because I, a would feel bad if I backed out, you know, Mm -hmm. like B would feel weird if I didn't have some sort of like, you know, way to like to explain myself why I mean that's another thing too like backing out and not being able to explain it besides just saying I have a weird vibe is also really hard but mm-hmm. in general I think it's interesting but like this whole podcast has been about like feelings in a you know in a sense like dealing with your feelings on whatever level and I think it's been really interesting especially these last couple of weeks we've had some trying stuff that we have to just power through you know some stuff I gotta figure out um to pay for and all that stuff I said. I already cleaned up the poop, so that's good. But, you know, got to pay for some stuff, got to figure out some things, got to finish a project, just got to get through it, you know, and then um, move on. But try not to be so crabby while I'm doing it, which would be really good. So anyway, I think this has been therapeutic for me. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a couple things that uh, you guys should definitely check out. Um, Again, if you are interested in following up with us on all the things that we're doing, you can send us an email to podcast at lightgrayartlab.com. You can also find us on Twitter. We're at lightgrayartlab. You can like us on Facebook and find out about events and upcoming things there. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Tumblr, lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can also subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store or stream it directly on Stitcher Radio. That's it. it. All right. So definitely keep track of all that cool stuff that's happening, and we'll talk with you soon. I don't know. Just a regular Charlie Brown. (laughs) Like, is that the noise he makes? I feel like, isn't there? I don't think that's (laughs) it. I think that's the noise you make. Okay, that's the noise I make. I'm like, Mwah. then I go and I kick a football or not kick a football. I think that's the noise like Al Capone makes. Where he's like, <laughs> see, yeah. Uh, Chopping us, guy. Wisconsin <laughs> accent. Okay, but.